what I chose to talk about was inspired by what I experienced um, a week and a half ago. So my sister is uh, 21 years old, really a beautiful, mature girl, and she got married a week and a half ago. And it was such a beautiful wedding, and uh, the pre-wedding, and the, the Shabbat Brachas after the wedding, seven days of celebration, and the Shabbat Shabbat Brachas, and it was just, and I, I participated more uh, in, in this, in, you know, the, the ceremonies of this wedding than I did with any other wedding, myself including, you know. Uh, and I just, I came to think a lot about, you know, this young couple, he's 23 years old, she's 21 years old, they're going to Israel for a couple of years, like an extended honeymoon. And I was thinking about, about, you know, they're establishing here a relationship with the intention of making it last forever, right? Till death do us part. And got me to think about the fact that a lot of people, most people, um, have that experience where they have this relationship. And I like to use marriage and relationship. Those things are interchangeable. You know, marriage is a defined relationship. But people that want to have these long-term relationships that really going to last through thick and thin, and I wanted to examine a little, explore the reasons why uh, there's success and uh, or what are the keys to making it work, uh, and what are the pitfalls that 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 you know that cause uh, marriages and long term relationships to unravel? Uh, and I want to direct the conversation at uh, one of the the Shev. Everyone familiar with the term Sheva Brachos? Haven't heard the term before. Yeah, seven days. Yeah, Sheva Brachot means seven, seven blessings. Uh, and the reason why it's called seven blessings is not because it's seven days. It's ironically it's seven days. It's seven days as well as seven blessings. But uh, every every meal, including the wedding included, and under the chuppah, uh, the chuppah is the the wedding canopy. Under the chuppah, there's they say seven blessings. Right the, the, under the, the Jewish wedding ritual is seven blessings. And then at the end of the meal, there's seven blessings. And then every subsequent meal and the Shabbat experience is all these seven blessings. And I never really spent so much time actually examining what these blessings are. I mean, we're, we're starting here a, a marriage, and we're, we're giving these blessings to the couple, and one of them just stuck out as being very strange. What is it? I'll say it in Hebrew, then I'll, I'll translate it in English. Samech tesamach re'im ha'ovim tesamechecha yitzircha b'ganedin yitkedem. That's one of the blessings. What it means is, Make happy, it's a prayer to God, to make happy this young couple, just like the happiness of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden years and years ago. That's, that, that's what it is. And it means I'm thinking my sister and my brother-in-law, Esther and AJ, you guys should be happy, as happy as, uh, as Adam and Eve were um, in the Garden of Eden. So there's a few problems with this. First of all, why, why are we going? Why is Adam and Eve used as the pedestal or the example of a happy marriage or a happy relationship? And this is compounded by the fact that if you actually go back to the beginning of Genesis and read the story of what happened in the Garden of Eve, in the Garden of Eden, it actually wasn't such a happy story. It started off maybe with some promise, but before you know it. There's the sin, right? We have the serpent. We have the sin. We have Adam and Eve pointing fingers at each other, right? They're pointing fingers at each other. They're each blaming the other one. And how is that representative of the kind of marriage or relationship that we're striving for? Anybody? What's what you got? You got? I'm in sure guess. Oh, it's all my guess is also. I was just thinking about it. Uh, in a certain way, Adam and Eve can be seen as the ideal couple because they were part and parcel of one another, separated, and then reunited. So if you think of it as puzzle pieces, they fit each other exactly in that sense. Hmm. And I don't know if, you know, if other couples... Are, have that same means they were they were totally compatible with each other. Yes. Now what Yidal is referencing is something that you actually cannot find in the actual text, but it's in the 
in the in the, in the commentaries and in the especially in the Kabbalistic commentaries, it, it talks. If you take a look at Genesis Genesis um, one twenty seven, it describes this man that God creates as being masculine and feminine. And the Talmud in Subot eight uh, a says that actually, yeah, at the beginning, the first Adam was was not male nor female, rather a blend of the two. Uh, and subsequently was separated and then reunited, which I didn't think about that, but which which indicates that they were not only uh, soulmates, but, you know, the whole idea of a shared, but really there were just two parts of one whole, exactly. in, you know, in a real sense. Uh, thank you so much for giving us your home. My pleasure. I'm Jerry's father, Lenny. I know. I know. I was telling everybody else. <laughs> Okay. You can sit down if you want. I'd love to. I had a, a friend of mine turn 60, so we had a birthday party. Nice. You, 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 no, I'm fine. I'm going to say hi to mom. I'll, I'll join you all if you don't mind. Yeah, sorry. So I didn't, I didn't actually even think about that. Um, so yes, um, well, and, and it, I like it, but there's a problem with that argument. It means what you all trying to say like this. We want young couples, when they get married, to think about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, everything was perfect. But with us, not everything's perfect. So what, what advice are we giving to the young couple once they're already married? Hey, uh, you guys should be like Adam and Eve, they were totally compatible. Once you're married, it's too late to think about compatibility. I, I, but I, I still think the idea, is, the idea is true. I mean, compatibility is before you make the selection, before you uh, choose which item on the menu you're going to uh, So that also doesn't necessarily uh, indicate why happiness is a part of that blessing. Yeah. Right? Well, I, well I, no. Then the, that, that would work out because... Compatibility happy, also Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, Sometimes people are in relationships that uh, there are things about the other person that irritate them. And the reason why they irritate them is because they're not compatible, and it's and 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 and, um, and that's that's something that's going to be a major obstacle, and that's something to try to avoid, for sure. Does um, the story of Adam talk about happiness when they were living in the garden? You know? It doesn't really say a lot. If you read the, <clears throat> the story, the whole Genesis story, it's very little information. And actually, in in in. Um, in, in Jewish philosophy, we say that the entire beginning of Genesis is written in sod. The word sod means it's a secret. It means the, the real meaning is, is hidden. Remember, uh, our whole theology is described in 31 verses. Right? Obviously, there's it's you know everything, everything about about the universe. Um, the, the, the beginning of the universe is described in 31 verses. Is that really all we have to say about the issue? Really, 31 verses? How many books are there in theology? It's not all we have to say. It's just a snapshot. It's it's it, it's 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 a hint. It's a secret. But but they stayed married, had kids, and so yeah. on and so forth. Right? What? Yeah, know. it does tell us a story. Maybe that's the happiness they're they're referring to. One kills the other. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they had to live happily ever after, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess there's no way to find the happiness in the story. No, I, I do think there are elements that are very unique to what Adam and Eve uh, experienced that I think are, are, are representative of something that's very important for us. Because what, what I came out with is that really this blessing that we give with the bride and the groom is, is all about commitment. It's all about commitment. How, how so? In, uh, I think it's uh, the second chapter of Genesis. So I'm sure you all familiar with the story. It says is that uh, Adam was looking for, for, for a mate for himself. He, he, he took all animals, you know, there, you know, there was a male and female for every, for every animal. And he's like, and for, for Adam, there was, no, there was no counterpart, right? And then he was put to sleep, and then one of his ribs was taken out, and they built, uh, out of his rib, they, 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 you know, God built that Eve. And then Adam says, Zos hapam etzema, this is, uh, uh, you know, this time, like, you know, this animal, this creation, uh, is is like part of me, and then it's a, and then the next verse uh, is the is the first self, first record, first documented self help, right? First documented self help is at the second, the second or third chapter of Genesis, and it says like this: Alkane, therefore, 
Yazov ish, a man shall leave et aviv et imo, his father and his mother, vedavak beishto, and cleave to his wife. Vahayul basarachan. There should be one flesh. It's like, hey, uh, Adam was so happy that he finally uh, has a partner, has a counterpart, has a wife, right, who's, who's similar to him, who's someone who can relate to. And therefore, a uh, man who's reading this, uh, this document years later, you should leave your parents and cleave to your wife and become one flesh. Now, that, that, that statement is a little bit strange. Leave your parents. What are we talking to? We're talking to like, these nice Jewish boys who can't get away from their, from their mother. <laughs> leave your parents. It's not good to be too much with your parents. In fact, don't spend some time with your parents. Leave your parents and go uh, cleave to your wife and become one flesh. It's a, it's a little bit, a little bit strange. What's that kind of book for? Like it's, 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 it's the first. Now you have a new person to, to be with. What do you mean? The second they they uh... when they get married, now you leave where you're from and start something new. Well, yeah, but remember, even even young, uh, nice Jewish boys that can't get away from their mom. It says Yazov et Ishit Aviv his father and his mother. You gotta leave them both. Yeah. You're leaving the life you came from to a new life. To start a new family. Yeah, from a practical standpoint, you're leaving one household and you're creating a new one. Okay. <laughs> and this is all this is all, remember, this is the middle of the whole Genesis story. Right? We're all into Adam. Adam just met Eve and he's so excited and they and God formed Eve out of one of his ribs. Boom, a piece of self-help. When you get married, when you get married, leave your parents. And right? why I added it at parents. Well, that's also a good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right? But it says, it, 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 the way it's set up is, is, is um, I think it's very strange. It's like, okay, Adam finally met his wife. Boom, self-help. Therefore, uh, a man shall leave his parents, leave his wife, and become one flesh. So I, I, I think is that what's going on here is like this. In order for a for a couple, in order for a couple uh, to have a deep relationship that's going to last, and not only that, a deep relationship that's going to be blissful or or fun or pleasurable, or to really get that experience of sharing your life with someone else, you have to have commitment. You have to be totally intent. When Adam is all excited about. He's all excited about Eve, right? He's all excited. This time, it's a bone from my bone. What, what's he saying? Is it really? Was, is, is there a physical bone? Well, there's obviously there's multiple layers of understanding. Are we talking necessarily about a physical bone, a physical rib? He's missing a rib. He's got only twenty six of them, or he's missing some vertebrae. Is that really what it means? I think it means much more than that. I think that what he is telling us is the proper outlook, the proper outlook that you have to have when you want to have this relationship. She's got one of my bones. We're two parts of one whole. I'm totally in it. I'm, I, I, I'm jumping, taking the plunge. I'm not dipping my toe. I'm totally committed. Right? And then he has the happiness. And then he has the bliss. And then he's finally satisfied with, with, with Eve. After he realizes that she's part of me, we're two parts of one whole. She has my bones. Right? Which is uh, illustrative of the ideas that we're... We're bound together. We're one unit. We're committed to each other. We're not just experimenting. We're not just, see, let's see if this works. And if not, we have the emergency exit. He's totally in. Then he's happy. Then he's happy. I mean, what I want to do here, I, I want to take the idea of commitment and flip it on its head. Traditionally, when we talk about commitment, we're talking about retention. If you want to retain something good, you've got to be committed to it. Right? You have a good marriage. Or you have a good relationship. Okay, you want to make sure you don't lose it. So what do you do? What do you do? You add layers of commitment. You, you make sure that you're that you're dedicated to it. You make sure that you're that, that you're invested in it. You take steps to preserve it. It's an idea of preservation, retention. That's what I always thought about, about commitment. Uh, what I'm saying here today is that commitment is not an idea of retention. It's also about retention, but much more. It's much more about how to get that relationship. It's not just, okay, you have a relationship, let's preserve it with commitment. Commitment is what's going to bring about 
that special feeling that comes with this unique relationship unparalleled uh, you know, in our life experiences. When Adam is saying, oh, this time she's part of my bones, he's not telling us uh, a mere physiological, maybe it's also physiological, but, but what he's telling us is, this is my attitude to my partner. My attitude is, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in, part, you, know, you know, two parts of one whole, I'm totally committed. What comes after that? Adam's finally happy. Finally, ha- he's finally calmed down. He's finally relaxed. He says, "Okay, now, now I have that ex- that experience that comes with being together with someone that I'm going to share the rest of my life with." Commitment brings about that uh, that experience of a relationship. It's, people think people think, "Okay, you know, what? I'm going to get married. I'm going to show you all my prenups, everything in order, and just in case it doesn't work out, and then." Well, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out. Okay, didn't work out. So thank God I have the prenups. What they don't realize is the prenups and all the emergency exits and the the, the, the fear of going all in, that is what caused it to not work out. The separate bank accounts and separate uh, TV uh, TV uh, clickers, stretchers, right? <laughs> Which are all seem to try to minimize friction. Well, that alone precludes them from having this kind of relationship. And the second they don't have that relationship, well, well, it didn't work out. Thank God we have prenups. That's my my first argument from Adam. What Adam teaches you is that the attitude, the experience, can only be gotten through commitment. We we think of, you know, there's love. Once you're in love, you want to make sure you don't lose it. Right? Oh, you lost your love, right? You fall in love, you fall out of love. Right? Cupid shoots these arrows, and it's crazy. It's, who knows what could happen, right? You're suddenly you're in love with the secretary. It was, it was all natural, right? It was, you know, the Cupid does crazy things, <laughs> right? And, and, and you know, and, and that's and that's what we're told. When in reality, it's not like that. It's the love that experience is brought out by that commitment. There's only one way to tap into that experience, and that's to be all in. That's to be committed. That's to think about two parts of one. I've said I've said the story before um, about Rabbi Arya Levine. I'll say it again uh, that he once went to the doctor with his wife, and he said to him, "Doc, the wife's oh, I'm sorry, Doc, my wife's leg hurts us." The doctor, right? My wife's leg hurts us. So it's a cute story, but it, it's also indicative of the kind of relationship that is one of commitment. It's you really trying to be. One unit. You're really trying to you're trying to get rid of all your own personal um, identity and develop a new identity. You're and this is like this is the challenge of of, of, of building long-term relationships. It's one of um, I have I have the way I view myself. I have the way I view myself, and my my outlook on life is all is all product of, of, of how I you know of my of, of who I am. I am as as an individual. If you're going to grow into this relationship, your identity is going to change. And that's very uncomfortable. So Adam here is directing us through a whole process. He's saying, commitment, a bone of my bone. Oh, then you have the happiness. Right? He's like, hey, well, what happened? That's pretty cool. I was committed, and now I'm all happy. I don't need it. The animals didn't give you that kind of experience. And then he comes and gives you... And then comes and gives you a piece of advice. Right? The, the, the first documented self-help. Okay, therefore, every man shall leave his uh, father and mother and cleave to his wife, and there should be one flesh. It seems to be a little bit out of place. Then what he's telling you is like this. Leave your father and your mother. Doesn't mean necessarily leave that, you know, pack up your stuff, put them in a box, and move them to a new house. It means your father and mother is is is, is your identity. It's, your, it's where you grew up. It's you know it's the town that you grew up. It's the outlook you have on a million different things of life in life. You know we are a product of our homes. We're a product of our families, and that's our identity. You want if you want to really have this kind of relationship, you might have to leave that because your identity and your your spouse or your your, your, your the person your your mate they they have different identities. You got to make sure you, you, you if you really want to go into this, you have to drop those, uh, or you have to you have to be ready to compromise on your father and mother, i.e., your identity. 
as, a, as an individual, unique, singular entity with a singular identity, you cannot open up to someone else. You can't be committed, you can't be dedicated, you can't cleave to someone else. So if you want to have this experience, Adam's telling us, you got to first be willing to drop your own personal identity. Cleave to your wife, and you're making a new identity. You should be one flesh. Right? So this, the, the, this, I'm saying this, this could be interpreted, obviously, in many different layers, uh, what it means to be one flesh. What it means is you're taking two people from two backgrounds, from two identities, and you're morphing them into one identity. And that's, I, I think, part of the idea that we're telling our, our young uh, bride and groom Adam had it all figured out. When you establish your relationship, make sure you do it like Adam did it. Make sure you recognize commitment brings about love. It's not the other way around. Commitment, being all in, right? That is that is the that that's what engenders the relationship uh, or the, this ideal relationship that we're all looking for. But also, you have to be prepared to deal with some trade-offs. There's going to be trade-offs. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. It's not possible. You cannot have this special relationship, this most unique, fabulous relationship in the world, and still retain all these little mishagasin that you had, you know, that you have with your own identity. You have to open up yourself. You don't have to uh, come to terms with your own vulnerabilities of your own identity, and and, that, and that's part and parcel with. With the whole experience, you have to do it. Follow the advice of Anna. There's three steps here. Number one, you have to commitment is to be all in. Number two, that is what brings about commitment begets that experience. But there's going to be challenges. What are those challenges? Aviv v'imo, father and mother, your identity, your experiences, your outlook. You cannot take that with you and uh, hope. The other person changes it. You have to morph into Bahayulba you should be one flesh. And uh, a man shall cleave to his wife, create the new identity. All these are said after the wedding, correct? I'm sorry? All these things are said after the wedding or well they're said um, under the under the chuppah, under the wedding canopy is uh, the first time we say it was actually it is after the wedding, technically, but uh, the actual marriage kicks in with the presentation of the rings with giving you know the with the so ring, this, once you're married, this is the advice for what, why you're married. Or? I'm sorry. This is the advice for why you're while you're married. It's it's the kind of should tell you this before. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> should tell you things before. Well, some you know some people are in relationships. Some people want to have relationships. What what our goal here is, we're trying to figure out, you know, what are the principles, and the principles to happy healthy, harmonious, sustainable relationships is, I think, I think that this is, the, you know, this is a crucial point. Uh, I'm saying, I, I, in my marriage and divorce class, which is available online, rabbitwobby.com, shameless plug. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I talk about this five, five C's, and Jared knows the five C's by heart. The five C's, I'm sure, if you haven't heard the five C's class, I'm sure you've heard me mention it. Um, there's five C's that contribute to good and bad marriages. Um, and even if you're if you're married, great. This is important information for you to know. And if you consider, ever would like to get married, you know, till death do us part, you have to know really what what, what that entails. It's not an easy thing. Um, and and that's people. A lot of people are confounded by uh, that. You know, these 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 tremendous challenges that go into making it last. And they don't. You know, humanity's success rate in this area is very very low, very slim. And the reason why the reason why people uh, are so miserably bad at making marriages work is because they don't know a lot well, in large part because they don't know what goes into it. Um, but I, I think that you know when uh, when our sages established rituals and blessings, uh, they did it with tremendous foresight and tremendous knowledge and knowledge of uh, a the Torah and the lessons contained in the Torah, but also you know human nature. And they're telling you, be like Adam. So what that prompts us to say, okay, fine, what was so special about Adam's marriage in the Garden of Eden? What was so special about it? And I think this is one lesson that we could glean. Um, and, and that's the idea of, well, it's really a couple of ideas. It's, it's uh, the idea of commitment and the idea 
uh, of commitment not only being a way to retain a relationship, but also a way to bring about a relationship. And number two is, is the trade-offs. And, and to recognize what it is, why is it so difficult for us to have lasting, sustained relationships? Because we have an identity. And we want to have that thing, we're going to have to uh, compromise on our identity. Compromise or be willing to walk away from it, create something new. How do you create a new identity if you don't bring with it what you've learned? So for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, your your identity will be a product, obviously, of, of, of you know his, you know his side and her side, and they, they, they come up with things together. You know, every every not every, but lots of people think that they come from this. I, I remember thinking as a teenager, I was thinking my family is the most dysfunctional family on planet Earth, <laughs> right? And then I get married, not my wife's family. <laughs> and then um well that is true well, every everyone every and my brother-in-law so he's he's dating uh is looking to get married and i said to him i promise you whoever you get whoever you, you marry uh to a certain degree you'll think my gosh this family is even stranger than my family and he's like no, no 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 i don't believe you <laughs> but it's true well you know we have our perspectives and you know, if a young couple try to set, set sets up their life in a way, you know, the best way possible, try to take the benefits from each side and try to build something even better. We take the functionality from right. That's the that's. So that was the first thought I had. Um, let's see what time it is. Eight fifty. So um, that was the first thought I had. Um, I have another thought. You know, we. Uh, under the uh, under the uh, the wedding canopy, so the tradition is is that the bride surrounds the groom seven times. I'm familiar with that. Um, and this is remember these the, these symbolism these rituals are, are, are all there for a purpose. I, I think that um, the, that that symbolizes the, the the total commitment. The second, until you make this decision to live your life together, right? Till death do us part. Until you know, you're a free agent to do whatever you want, right? You're a free agent. The second you're under that wedding canopy and you're getting married and you're serious about it and you get married, right? We start this binding process, right? You're getting bound together. And it's, you're in, you know, you're taking the plunge, right? Like the example, the two people, you know, with the, you know, with the cold pool, right? There's always one person that just that slowly tries to, and and and, if they, and they never manage to overcome the cold, right? The cold water. I guess maybe Houston's the opposite, right? You're so rabbi that's used the term free agent. Oh, is that right? Um, but the, you know, those are the two attitudes with you know with the cold pool, and then there's the other guy who just jumps in, and then two seconds later, it's, it's painful, but two seconds later, you know, they're totally acclimated. Um, if you try to dip your toe in, it won't work. If you try to take, uh, some, you know, try to take it a little bit at a time. It's not going to work. Why won't it work? It won't work because that doesn't give you the experience. Um, I had one more thought. So, but feel free to ask whatever you want to ask. It's an open forum. Trevor, you can ask whatever you want. Anybody else? You got what you got. (laughs) What are you guys in the back here? I was still seeing the pain of jumping in with the pain of marriage being the day, etc. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying well, you're going to jump in, jump in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, total, total um, I had thought. Right, this is a little bit less uh, esoteric, or less much, less an intellectual principle, and just a practical principle. And it's also it's also related to the idea of commitment, and that is that uh, flashback to Adam, right? Adam and Eve. Right in the Garden of Eden, who else is around? Serpent. Um, the animals. Okay. How many humans are around? Nobody. Nobody. Right. It was just Adam and Eve. Right. There was no shopping. There was no shopping. <laughs> exactly. There was no. You know the way I, I mentioned the menu. Uh, I used the menu. Uh, free agent. A free agent or. You have to, you have, you know once you make the selection on the menu, they take away the menu, right? Once Adam Adam it, it was just there was just her. That's it. 
He didn't see anyone else. He didn't know anyone else. He didn't experience anyone else. He didn't say, oh, maybe she's better, or maybe she didn't say maybe someone else is better. Once you make the decision, there's no one else in the world besides for your, you know, for, for the person that you dedicated your life to. I, I told the Bronwyn that I bought a couch, bought a bunch of couches now. Next time I come to my house, there's couches everywhere. And then yesterday I went to Costco, I bought from Costco, but yesterday I went to Costco again. I'm like, oh, I see, I saw like a much cheaper couch. It looks, looks very comfortable. I'm like, hey, Victor, turn that one, right? And that's sometimes people say that. You know, I kind of, we got married, it was really nice, but then I saw someone else and I got to know someone else and it was even better, you know? And and and, that, and that's, that's typical. Buyer's remorse. It's buyer's remorse. <laughs> and what Adam, the experience that Adam had was like, hey, there's, there's no one else. And we have to, you know, we're telling the other couple, hey, you want to be happy like Adam? Adam might have not, not have been happy uh, he had other troubles to deal with, but uh, it was just it was just Eve. Eve gotten kicked out of the garden. Right, we like you said, you know, <laughs> they, it's not like it was just you know sunshine and rainbows. It, it was not that <laughs> flowers and daisies. Uh-huh. Sure, uh, but still, from a certain perspective, it was just them two, all right? And it was them two against the world, and you know, every challenge they went through together because really no one else existed. And I, I think we're telling the couple, you know, you guys are getting married. And it's a very, very, very populated world. Some people will say it. Some people would argue that it's even overpopulated. But there's lots and lots of people in the world. And if you have the attitude, if you had the attitude of Adam, Adam and Eve, where no one else exists uh, besides for your spouse, you have a fighting chance to succeed. No one else exists. And I'm not. I'm not just saying this as um, you know the argument of. Uh, infidelity, not to sleep with anyone else. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, even to notice other people, even to compare, God forbid, compare your spouse to anyone else. No, no, no. It's 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 too late. You made your selection. You made a decision. You chose what you want the menu, right? You signed a deal with the free agent. Whatever metaphor you want to use. Once you're under the wedding canopy together, tell the bride and groom you got to be like Adam, Adam and Eve, right? They, was it was it contentious? Was it you know was was it all? Uh, uh, well, Sunshine's and Rainbow. Sunshine's and Rainbow? No, it was not. But still, uh, to a certain degree, it was just them two. No one else. And even even for us in, in, in contemporary times, we have to try to get this attitude of, okay, if I'm still a free agent, if I'm still, right, before you, know, before you sign the contract, you're, you're free to roam. Right? Once you make the selection, right, once you're committed, right, you're Adam. Nobody else exists. And this is not just, uh, it's, like I said, it's not just a way to prevent mistakes. It's also, or to prevent, you know, uh, buyer's remorse. It's also, it also will help you to, to focus on the person that you're with, you know. Starting a relationship with someone, and like we said, to cleave and become one identity, that demands a lot of attention. That demands a lot of attention from both sides. If they're really going to build something special, they're going to have to get to know each other, right? Have to get to each other in a, in a, in a, in a really deep, you know, deep, profound way. No one else can interfere with that. It's just them two. So it, A, it prevents um, mistakes, uh, but B, it's also a way for them to build something really special. So those were my thoughts. Um, indeed, Adam and Eve teach us a lot about, about how to really build long-lasting, um, impregnable, uh, which does not mean not pregnant. <laughs> means <laughs> impregnable, but uh, relationships. And I think that today, like in, in, in modern times, in today's society, uh, we have the additional challenge of um, marriage being viewed as, as somewhat of a temporary...
That's it. Um, and it was in Israel. We did in Israel. She, so she flew in from Canada. For a she was there in Israel. I was studying yeshiva. And she was there because she had a friend's wedding, whatever. Somehow we met. And we were dancing. I think it was her second date. And it was, you know, Jerusalem in January. It's pretty cold. Especially at night. Especially at night. So we were walking somewhere. And uh, she was, like, indicated that she was uh, cold. And I offered her my coat. And she was all horrified. She, you know, it's like, but she's like, oh, she does not know how to date. That was her response. Did you offer her your jacket? Whatever. She was like, yeah, because you don't know, like, who, who are you? It's still like, who are you? <laughs> you were on a date or this was before? You huh? This was like, yeah, we were dating. Her. We were, but we had just like met. I don't know if it was the first date or second date, whatever. But anyhow. Sounds weird to us because as Texas John, we always give our jackets. Yeah. The There's a puddle. You put the jacket on the puddle. Big can get wet. So uh, in, in contemporary times, uh, I, I think that it became much harder because of society viewing um, marriage as... You know, remember, why do people get married? Do we know why people get married? It's, it's, it's about... The reason why is because um, marriage symbolizes commitment. It's not just, it's not just uh, you know, a, a serious relationship. It's a really serious relationship. Uh, but even marriage, uh, while once being considered, uh, you know, sacred and, and, and special, and it, it became, society's attitude towards it became much more laxative, much more, you know, it's much more drive-through or whatever, drive-through divorces. I was just in, uh, on the way to the airport in, in Newark, this big sign, massive sign. Divorce, quick divorce, $399. <laughs> is that cheap? I don't even know. Is that a lot? What does it typically cost? And a little bit further, it was like $999, quick bankruptcy. <laughs> is that, I don't know if, I don't know if that's a drive through chaplains. But I was like, this enormous sign in, in Newark, New Jersey, about, you know, a quick divorce. $399, no questions asked, whatever. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Nope. You can't ask it. <laughs> what you got? Um, obviously, commitment and taking the plunge and all that is ideal. Okay. But, uh, you know, divorce obviously happens. Okay. And even the most ideal societies and states, it's, it's, an, it's a necessary thing. At what point is, should that be a consideration? So, um, to take the example that I gave uh, earlier and to bring it a little step further, I've said this before, uh, is... Um, is the, is the idea like a, what, 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 you know, what the verse suggests? It says that it's, you're becoming one, right? So, and the example that I gave, that famous story with the rabbi who said that, my, you know, my wife's leg is hurting us. You know, they're one. Imagine it as one body. Uh, I, I view a divorce as, um, you know, amputation in this example. So when would you amputate? Why would you cut off your leg? That's so, that, that seems so, right? You would only do it if it's, Good you analogy. know. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the example. Another person. Uh, yeah, I understand. But it's, it's like I think it's like you said. Like if you when you feel like if you are committed and you do like jump in and <laughs> you make yourself uh, one identity, then those things you're sure about those things is not going to you know. But I also think I think what Bob is bringing up is like, hey, what if one party's into it, one party's not into it? And I think that's 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 true. If people, people, it's not like people are evil. That. No one wants to be the only one working. It's people don't know. People don't understand the principles. They don't understand the principles about about you know about what makes it work and what makes it fail. So if if you uh, you know you have someone that you want to make sure that they're dedicated as well, like that that you know that might be a game changer. Hey, if they're if they're looking for you know for some you know some discardable relationship, then that's not the right person for you. But if they are committed, so you say, hey, commitment. I'll go to rabbiwalby.com and find that uh, that class that he gave and just explain to him why commitment is so important and, and understand the principles and, and the theories behind it. So, yeah. Um, you, you know, you can't change other people. It's, it's you know... A lot of it, I think, is also uh, a product of uh, upbringing. Like, I was raised in a house, a very traditional house in Iran, in Persian the Persian society. Like, it's almost unheard of. But that's that's it's an idea. For, a lot, but that's an idea. That the idea is is that I know I have all my Persian friends. They say that, that their parents tell them like, 
once you get married, that's it, right? But that, but what, what you're saying is is that your background, um, you know, ingrained within you the idea of of, of marriage being as being committed. So it'll be much easier for you, for, for you. People have to understand why. It means you have it. You know, it's inborn or ingrained. It's you know, innate. I think you told me the story about someone you met. Said that he wanted to get married, so he gets his first divorce out yeah. of the way. They got the offer. He's still one of my friends, but he's he's been vilified in a few a few of my classes. Yeah, yeah, but that's really true, and that's that, that's an attitude based upon also his, you know his upbringing. Uh, but you know, once you understand it, it's it, I think even if you don't have that kind of background, your family doesn't have that kind of you know um, tradition. Still, it's like you understand it, and you're able to to modify, you know. And yeah, that's what I got. What you got, Jared? Well, I think this is maybe more of a new phenomenon, perhaps. But like, I feel like our generation, like with the, you can say it's technology, you can say it's society, whatever it is. But it's a very me generation. It's a very like, you know, individual. You know, you can. You chase your dreams. You do your thing. You do. You know. You're very. You're. It's. It's. You're. You're the only person like you in the entire world. Like there's a very strong sense of identity and self. Self empowerment. But it's all self empowerment. So my question would be, you know, that that like that that fusion of two people becoming one. Is there not an? Is there not something to be said about having still some sort of self identity outside of that? Relationship, yeah, but think about it. You're going to marry someone also who's very talented, you know, very good looking, right? Yeah, why can't and that so, just be about we? Yeah, exactly. we, yeah. we can do that together. Yeah, and I, I, you doing it yourself. I think the idea of a pound is very important. You want kids, especially kids, to feel like they're special, they're unique, and sure. their abilities and follow your dreams. That's a, a very positive thing for a kid to have. And that's why it becomes all the more difficult to... Well, it doesn't have to be selfish also. Even if even if you, you're very able and very successful, you can still share your life with someone else. And even if, if, if they're both successful. I why think you made an interesting point, though, that from a social perspective, it's very uh, individual driven, but that's not necessarily in every society. True. You know, we live in a very independent-minded uh, society. Sure. Whereas, you know, going back to the example I gave in Iran, or you know, in a lot of uh, Asian countries, for example, just speaking off the top of my head, it's more of a communal-based society. I, and it, the question is, what do you bring to the table for the group? Now, what can you sure extract from the situation for your own personal growth? I feel like some of these issues are really issues that would have been covered in the dating section (laughs) pre-marriage. Not like, not like, okay, I'm on the FEMA and I'm going to go all in and I'm going to figure out how to keep my pride and identity. Or it's saying that, you know, that you should be like this. Like, it's a blessing. It's not necessarily, like, he's sort of using it, which, you know, it's good to use it. This but he's also, oh, but, but, This right. is what it should be, but at the same time, it's saying, well, you know, you're married, like you said, you're you're all in, so we hope you're happy. Now, was this the best marriage? Was this the best, like, person for you? Well, hopefully, you were compatible, otherwise you wouldn't be married. Right. But unfortunately, like you said, sometimes... For the guy who's looking for his first divorce, <laughs> that's not really the case. And so, yeah, we're saying these blessings in the hopes that, yes, that they should be happy and that this should be a successful marriage. But if you do everything wrong in the first place, is it realistic expectation that right. the marriage will be successful? And, and I think not. some of these issues that we're bringing up right now, like keeping our individual... individual um, Identity. Identities and trying to like do it for me and do it for my family name or you know do this so I can get famous for developing this app or whatever it is. I mean, I don't know. Are, are issues that are like pre-marriage. Well, I, mean, I think things. that there's. Like, I think for everyone. If, if you haven't adopted that into your relationship, how are you going to adopt that into your marriage? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think that like he brings up a good point. That's kind of like ingrained into us it's maybe not ingrained into you or maybe I guess maybe I'm somewhat more in the middle but 
it's something that you have to like work towards, I think, consciously. I, oh, I understand that we as a generation as a whole have that issue, but individually we all have like you people that say, we find. Are you trying to say that before getting married there should be a serious conversation about what each person's goals and desires are? Yeah, I mean... Process. And of course, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're just dating for the, for the ride, I mean, sure <laughs> if, you're going, if you're going along for the ride, I mean, you're missing the important questions. You also have to keep in mind that in, time. in a lot of, uh, especially Orthodox circles, there isn't an extensive dating period right. where all those things come up and you get to see what exactly 100% that person's personality is in every kind of situation. Right, so you got to ask the right questions. Right. And that's a separate, separate discussion about, you know, dating. Lord knows I have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Well, like, I went to a wedding and I started talking to some people back in March, you know, sitting at the table or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting people, you know. My family's, you know, friend's daughter, good friend of mine, her friends, her future husband's friends, as they walk up on the beamer. Like, hmm, I can have an interesting conversation be friends with these people. And then, of course, you know, you hear something along the lines of, oh, I'm trying to be a neurosurgeon out of ego. I'm doing it for me. It's like, well, yeah. It kind of turned all the, all the women off. The single ones, too. So that's why I'm just kind of like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really want to have a conversation with this person anymore. And it's like, don't you notice the signs? <laughs> it's like, you know, this guy may be cute and handsome, but it's like, you want to live with that? Of course. I, I, I think there, there sure is a way to have a very ambitious and successful professional life and still not be on an island and still like live your life together and go through the challenges together with, right, but you, know, with you know with your with your spouse or your mate. And that's like part of like figuring it out before getting married, some of those right questions, what works, what are your nuances and things so like that. my point is that you can't figure everything out. You can't figure you everything out. No, 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 no. Of course, you're not going to figure everything out, but you hopefully you'll figure out like some of the big major pieces before you go on. And yeah, that's the idea. yeah you, you, it's kind of like writing an essay. You funnel down, right? Yeah. <laughs> what you got, Jerry? I was just saying, like, I mean, in terms of that that identity of self and and being able to define yourself, still as an as an individual. I mean, is it possible that? The characteristics, the quality in your partner, you know, my wife would hopefully be the type that supports me in all of my personal and vice versa. And that's, that's a quality that I guess solves the problem. And that's where like for Mr. You know, Dr. McDreamy neurosurgeon, like there's probably some, there's, there's probably some girl out there who like, who like wants to like? Well, he's an egoist. Yeah, yeah he, and, and that's and that's fine. But like, I mean, that's what I guess made me think of it. Like, there's got to be like, there's somebody out there who's like all in it for Doctor McDreamy. <laughs> okay, everyone, thank you all for coming. Thank you so much to the Dubins. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. And it was, it was great. I learned a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell I have a couple of comments. Okay, let's hear. January 14th, Sherry and I have been married 35 years. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, Jerry. Has anyone ever jumped in a cold pool before? Physically? I did it once. Russians do it all the time. I did it once, and I'll never forget. And it does take, you know, a few minutes, but then you make yourself to the temperature or whatever. Um, but marriage is a work in progress as much as you can think about before, as much as you can, and you mentioned a good point in the Orthodox community that the dating process is quite the same, maybe conservative or reform, etc. And especially with the change of times. Um, but as much as you know, it's, it's a work in progress. There's a lot of learning. Okay, As much as I agree with you that some of these issues should be discussed way before you get under the BEMA, okay, if possible. Um, but um, it's it's evolves over a period of time, and, and as many things as you can sort of look at the radar and say, okay, we're going to have my career, you're going to have her career, 
family values, her uh, her background, my background, which I think is very important. Um, sharing a lot of those things going in, um, that we have a better chance to make it if we have similar values. There's no question in my mind about that. But you adapt. My my family was probably more dysfunctional than my wife's family. Okay, <laughs> so I love my wife's family. Okay, um, that's just the hand I was dealt. You don't know about all that until way you don't know about it during the engagement process. Everybody's, you on, don't, their best everybody's on their best behavior, and then when you have that when Jared turns two, and you have the birthday party, or you have this, and California. you know, my baby <laughs> I, I could talk all night about Jared, but I won't do that. <laughs> no, so it's a it's a it's a work in progress. You learn as you go. And I think the ideal thing is to have a spouse that is on the same page as you, but they're not always going to be on the same page. We're not always going to agree. No, Especially no says you have to agree all the time. Right. No, absolutely. Because that's what brings but, but into your a relationship. the identity? The identity is we're in this together. The identity is we're in that's, it together. And, um, you know, you you have a united front. And you're, com- you're compromising your own you're compromising a part of your own, uh, you know, not necessarily career, but in my particular case, I do a lot of, you know, volunteer work, which has taken me outside the house and not has been around as much, but my wife was very supportive on that, where a lot of my friends did not choose that path, and therefore, because their wives weren't as supportive, okay, and they were home more, and that's just part of who I am, that I married someone that very supportive of that. Okay. Um, but even after 35 years, as my father, my parents were almost married 66 years, it's you're still learning. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be things. There's uh, careers, there's finances, there's children, there's in laws, there's your parents, there's health issues as you get older um, that you have to go through all these hurdles on. And it's a, it's a work in progress. There's no question about it. Okay, we'll see y'all next week. Thank you. At a location to be determined. Oh, sorry, you you were right under the fence. I was. I loved it. It was really fun. Thank you, though. Okay, names. I need names. Dana? Dana who? Oh, remember last name? Yeah. (laughs) 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 (